The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parham. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in. Monday edition, Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parham, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here with you this morning, starting another week. The Ole Miss baseball team beats Georgia two out of three. They win the uh, first game of the series and the final game. Um... Blew a couple leads yesterday, but uh, pulled it out to Jimmy Cantz. They walk off single in the bottom of the night, scoring Judd Utermark, the uh, the freshman, on a uh, very close play at the plate. Bit of a collision. The catcher, Fernando Gonzalez, for Georgia, drops the ball. Thank God he dropped uh, the ball, and here's why. Yeah, sure. That was going to be so bang, bang. Uh I think he got his hand in. It was super duper close. I thought he was out. But I haven't seen replays at all. I simply watched it live. And, well, watching it live, I thought he was out. Yeah. On a replay, it looked like his hand, it was so close. I was going to feel for the officiating and the... and the Because there would have been a review. There would have been a review and all... It was, it was so freaking close. It was going to... We'll go there in a second. Blue Sky, Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West in Oxford. Know about the, uh, the lunch specials, 569, couple sides, bread... Any size fountain drink, get the largest one. Why not? You're just wasting money otherwise and getting kind of ripped off. Uh, ribs, let them take care of dinner tonight, wet or dry. Call ahead. They'll wrap them up. I'm ready to go. Then remember in Clinton, in the Jackson Metro area, the Blue Sky location, the homemade donuts every single morning. A lot of flavors, a lot of variety there. So stop in, give it a shot. You can see pictures on uh, social media. My buddy Robert put something out last week. He went and took his son back the next day. So uh, they're in Clinton. Again, fresh donuts available with Blue Sky. Blue Skies up and down I-55 and throughout North Mississippi as well. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. It's great service, great product. Corey and the people at Clark Ford want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. They'll prove to you what that means when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Guests will join at some point this week on the MyPerfectFranchise.net hotline. 
If you're a displaced corporate executive or you're wanting to put your career in your own hands, maybe you're an experienced entrepreneur looking to diversify. Either way, Andy Ludeke can help. He's a longtime Rivals board member, a diehard college football fan, and a franchise veteran. He owns multiple franchises and businesses and uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy. Put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. You have nothing to lose. It's MyPerfectFranchise.net. You can contact Andy anytime at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net or 404-973-9901. My, my couple of things on that final play were, number one, I'm not really sure. I mean, I mean, credit to him for hustling, but I'm not really sure why Udermark was the runner. I have several better options from a pinch run standpoint. You could always still put Udermark back into the field if you don't score for the, the the next half inning. I thought that was a little strange. Um, you had Garrett Wood. You had Riley Maddox even um, available there to run. And then it would have been picked apart. I don't have an issue with Clement sending him there. It no. was going to take a perfect throw. They got a perfect throw, and it was very close. I, you I, absolutely I, send him Yeah, there. you can't make that a, first, a, a, nope. a runner at third, one out, and just hope you get him in a batter later. Nope. Send you send him. him. Make a college outfielder make a perfect throw. You make a college outfielder make a perfect throw, and he did. He made a perfect throw, and the catcher dropped the ball. Wasn't he really not? I mean, I guess, I mean, there was contact, but it wasn't like some crazy collision. Now, Judd Unermark did injure his shoulder on the play. Um, He was not moving it, going off the field. I have not heard a final diagnosis on him, but when he left the field, they were concerned with dislocated shoulder or broken collarbone. I would have guessed broken collarbone yeah again don't know um there was some people saying that it had come out is it simply dislocated is there a fracture of the clavicle i, I don't know but that is where we are as of eight eighteen this morning it would have been one hell of a long review it, <laughs> it was I'm, I'm telling you well he was going to call him out yes on the field but he he was waiting to say out because he pointed at the ball to say safe. If he's simply safe, he's simply safe. Right. Once the umpire, from a mechanical standpoint, pointed at the ball, that meant, hey, that's why I'm doing it. He's he's safe. Right. I understand that. Yeah. No, I know. It's going to be a hell of a review. That was my point. Was right. I think he's out even on review because it was called out on the field. Yeah. Now, if they actually do that correctly... Officials in all sports have decided that the call on the field is merely a suggestion, not what you have to overturn anymore. Um, it anyway, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it would have been like tip of finger, close. Yeah, almost as we were watching it live, almost felt cheated. I was like, wanted that moment, needed the review. I just knew <laughs> the twelve minutes of utter chaos. With everyone waiting to see if the game was over or not. Yeah. It's a hell of a game. I got to give Georgia center fielder Ben Anderson credit, by the way. I tweeted about this yesterday. He uh, he hits the two-run homer in the top of the night to tie Ole Miss and then robs Groff on what have been the would have, would have been the walk-off home run in the bottom half. It was over the wall. Yeah, and the robbery was so casual. I know. He just, just Well, it's one of my favorite things in baseball we hardly forget is no one having any clue whether he called it except for the outfielder, and he comes back and almost makes you wait about a second and a half before he says, I got it or I don't have it or the game's over. It's it's a weird little micro moment that I always like in baseball when a, when, a, when an outfielder grabs it over the wall. I mean, he treated <laughs> treated it like just another routine fly ball to center. It was a hell of a play, and he hit the home run to when he hit the home run to tie it. Carson and I were in here, and both of us literally at the same time. We were watching Warriors on that 
TV and then had the Ole Miss game here. And mm-hmm. we were both like, oh, my God, they're going to lose again. Like, they're finding another way to lose. So I thought coming back and winning at least was something they could kind of oh, they, semi-build on. They needed a moment. They needed to feel good. They did. It's like they're still playing hard. They just haven't played well. There's a difference. I mean, they haven't given up. They just aren't very good at times. Thank you. I mean, it's it's, it's all it is to it. People are digging too way too deep on it. And I get it. It's, it's what fans do. You, it, 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 and it happens in baseball more than any other sport. You know, you get two hit and you go, God, they were just listless today. It's like, or they were facing Jacob deGrom. I don't know. Like, I mean, the other team tries too. Uh, so no, it was a it was a it was a good day for him. I mean, you hope your mark's okay. I have to think he's out for a while. Um, Be sharp. Yeah, I, I, I would too. It it was a really it was a game where I hate that they were five and sixteen or four and sixteen at the time because there was multiple things about that game that I found really fascinating from a managerial standpoint. And big picture wise, it just doesn't matter right now. Right. So it's not worth digging into whenever, you know, going to Doherty in the seventh, what you do, you know, Nichols got frankly unlucky for an inning and like how you manage it, knowing that it, Jack was never going to get three clean innings after throwing two days before coming off a sore shoulder. It just wasn't going nope. to happen. I mean, there was lots of little things in this game that I thought were really interesting. I mean, Georgia's top four hitters were, uh, 10 for 18 in the game. Uh, they're bottom, bottom five or 0 for 17 in the game, including somebody pointed this out on Twitter. The top four were two and 10, two for 10 against Sonier. So they were eight of eight against the Ole Miss bullpen. Oh, um, after that, uh, after that point, Grayson Sonier looked like who they thought he might look like coming yeah, into the really season. Good. He was really good yesterday. Command wise through multiple pitches in the zone for strikes. If you're trying to build, that was sure. a good day for you right there. With, if you're with, building, uh, thinking of next year. Correct. If yes. you're like, hey, this, he's going to give us this every single week yeah. from here on out, probably not. No. He just has the ability to do that. Sure. He's very good. He's very talented. He's going to be a good college pitcher. This yeah. is not. He's a freshman. This is not a question. No, he's got really good stuff. Yeah. There was a couple of weird plays, like Peyton's glove comes off. Yeah. It's just stuff happens. Well, it's, it was the only time I kind of got a little frustrated. I mean, sort of at the fan base and then sort of like the thing in front of me. It wasn't like I wasn't like emotionally involved. It was just Mason Nichols was fine yesterday. He he had a bloop single, a ground ball to the four hole, and then an error on Peyton. It's a bad luck. And they're going, hey, he sucks. It's like, no, he no. did exactly his job. He, he got, he got ahead balls. in the count and then pitched a contact. Yeah, he, he did his sometimes. I, it, shit happens. Like, I don't, you know, I don't it's know. It's two things. One, it's, it's emotion. And two, it's a lot of people who are – in a stadium, and they only and this is not a knock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's not it's not a knock. They only watch one team, so they don't realize this kind of stuff happens to everybody over the course of a season. Mm-hmm. You're going to have games where you're going to have games as a pitcher where you're not very good, and they just hit a bunch of atom balls, and your line looks pretty good. And at the end of the day, you're like, I got hit hard. They, they those those were on me. And then you're going to have games where you pitch your ass off, and a couple of balls bloop in an error, and you go. A ball just kind of rolls down the line and hits a bag. A bad throw. Stuff happens. And now, look, Mike made the the right call because once the runners got on base, he needed strikeouts. He had to go to Doherty right there. He had to get out of the inning. You couldn't pitch to contact anymore because there was too many runners on. Right. You had to go ahead and try to get out of right. it. Right. You know, but then that removed Nichols from the game since if Doherty couldn't finish, you were in a – tight on what to do from that point so i thought he brought him in a little early but i got it yeah understood it he was trying to finish it It out. was five two 
Five. Two on, yeah. no outs. Yeah. Yeah. Tying a run had come to the plate. Yeah. So. And he, he got out of it. And got then, out of and it. And then he gave it up the next inning. Gave up inning. three the next inning. Because, yeah. yeah, again, you, you, he was not going to get nine clean there at that point. So. No, probably not. It was what it was. Uh, I wrote a story this morning about where Ole Miss is kind of sitting at this point. I know a lot of people are rolling their eyes at that, but it's somewhat relevant with three weekends to go. They got back in a Hoover conversation, if you care about that conversation. Um, it is at least a storyline. They are tied with Missouri now for 13th. They go to Columbia, Missouri, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. By the way, all remaining series are Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the last three weeks. Oh, for everybody? No, just Ole Miss. Oh, just Ole Miss. Yeah, gotcha. Ole Miss has a weird schedule quirk um, gotcha. the final three weeks. Uh, because of Mother's Day and then the final week of the season, it's always. Oh, gotcha. And then this one just happens to be. So gotcha. Thursday, Friday, Saturday for that. So the winner of this series will have a stranglehold on at least 13th. Uh, Tennessee sweeps Mississippi State over the weekend, so they are only a game and a tiebreaker up on Ole Miss for the 12th and final spot in in SEC tournament positioning. Um, It's really those three teams, though, because Georgia has a three-game lead on Ole Miss at this point for 11. So, I mean, should Ole Miss catch Georgia, that means they probably pass other teams, too. Mississippi State has by far the most difficult remaining schedule of the three teams. They play, I don't know what order, but they play Arkansas, Texas A&M, and LSU. It's Arkansas this weekend in Star Bowl. Is it? Okay. Pretty sure. And then uh, Ole Miss, Missouri, Auburn, and Alabama. And Missouri plays Ole Miss, uh, Georgia, and Auburn. So Missouri and oh. Ole Miss have far easier schedules, even though they play each other, than, uh, than Mississippi State. The remaining conference records – that these teams face. Ole Miss's opponents remaining 23 and 40 in the SEC. Missouri's conference opponents remaining 22 and 41. Mississippi State's 38 and 24. So huge difference there between those uh, those three teams. Yeah, Alabama and Auburn are both 9 and 12. Correct. In the yes. league. Did a bit of a NCAA look this morning. It's not worth more than that right now. And it's it's about as grim or maybe more grim than I thought. I, I did not, because I hadn't needed to, had not looked at their RPI. I assumed that just facing good SEC teams had kept it okay, but it was 65 this morning. So you're talking you're talking about a 25-point jump to get into at-large consideration if you win 8-1 and one the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, and Ole Miss's problem is they play good teams, but they don't have any – RPI top 20 teams remaining. They play Alabama, who's 21. They play Auburn, who's 32. And they play Missouri, who's like 43. It's just they don't have that Florida or somebody where you go, hey, what if? And then you jump up like crazy. So, I mean, your your only real path, if you want to even have the Pollyanna conversation for Ole Miss, is 8-1 and one, and then enough games in Hoover to help your RPI at that point. You need to play good teams to try to further boost your RPI. You Again, need to play Vandy, South Carolina, Florida, LSU, Kentucky or even. Arkansas. Or Kentucky. Or Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, it's that that's where they are. So it's not worth that conversation yet, but if anybody's curious, if it simply takes 13, no, it doesn't simply take 13. Frankly, at their RPI situation, 14 would be a problem. Because that's never been a guarantee. I mean, 14 typically gets you in more than it doesn't. But that doesn't mean that it's an automatic by any means. And for some of the people asking, only one team in SEC history since the tournament expanded to 64 teams has gotten in with 12 wins. And that was Mississippi State in 2006. They had 35 total wins. 
I, I don't think that happens again, frankly. I think we're out of that era of, of college baseball. I could be wrong, but that would take some weird scenario where a team was 12 and 17 with a rain out or something, and then they had a great RPI, and it just sort of fell that way. So I don't think that's where we are. I mean, remember Ole Miss, skin of their teeth last year with an RPI of 38 at 14 and 16. So it's a pretty wild day in the SEC. It- in general, yesterday. Sweeps, sweeps all over the place yesterday. Florida wins 8-7 to seven over Missouri. That LSU-Alabama game was crazy. LSU wins 13-11. to 11. Uh, You mentioned the Ole Miss-Georgia game. Vanderbilt comes back and beats Georgia 3-2. to two. And then South Carolina and Auburn kind of had a wild game. South Carolina wins 8-7. to seven. South Carolina did pull it out to avoid the sweep there. Auburn still won the uh, – they found some pitching. They've, Auburn's been a little better lately. I know it's shocking. Butch found pitching. Um yeah, because they lost Gonzalez. I mean, they were hoping to get him back, and yeah, their ace hasn't pitched, so it's it's been a been a tough road there for the Tigers. Vanderbilt sixteen and five at this point. South Carolina fourteen and six. Florida fourteen and seven. Okay, Kentucky and Tennessee both eleven and ten. So if you're thinking about NCAA, but Tennessee's won six in a row. Six in a row. Uh, Georgia eight and thirteen in the league. Twenty four and twenty. They're not getting in at this point. The RPI's uh, pretty good though, right? Their RPI is okay. Yeah. Uh, Missouri, 24 and 19 overall, 5 and 16 in the league. And then in the West, LSU, 35 and 8 overall, 15 and 5 in the SEC. Uh, Arkansas, 33 and 11 overall, 14 and 7 in, uh, in league play. We mentioned Alabama and Auburn, both 9 and 12. Uh, Texas AM, also 9 and 12. Uh, Mississippi State, 6 and 15. And Ole Miss, 5 and 16. Yeah, I mean, Ole Miss right now, their problem, one of their issues is they simply don't have quality wins. I mean, Georgia is their best series win to date from an RPI standpoint. Because, like, Maryland's in the 30s or 40s. They haven't done something crazy. It just isn't It just isn't there, so, metrically. So. Where would you rank those SEC teams if you had to predict who gets to Omaha right now? LSU. One? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd say LSU one. Uh, um, I'm still Florida two. I'm not giving up on my Gators. I think I'm Florida number two. I'm, yeah, I'm Florida two. And then after that, it's, it's a kinda, little weird, doesn't it's it? It's kind of draw dependent. Like, yeah, look, Vanderbilt can pitch their way to Omaha. Make no they mistake. get the right draw, and they could look like juggernauts. Yeah, because of the way they pitch. South Carolina could hit its way to Omaha. They could, but if they ran into some really talented pitching, they could get in trouble. Um, here's the crazy one. You're going to laugh at me. Well, Tennessee's really good. So, and if they get hot, and they're hot right now, if they stay hot, they're scary. Because they're going to be that two where somebody goes, oh, my God in hell. Yeah, and if you? I'm Tennessee, I don't want to play in Knoxville. Too much pressure. Oh, you think so? And then on the, on the flip side, here's the – and I don't have their number in front of me, but I saw it the other day. Go ahead. Arkansas's home record is, like, obscene. Oh, really? And they're in line to host right and now. And if they could host and get a, a national seed, it would go through their place, and they don't lose there. Interesting. They've lost like three home games the whole season. They've never – they don't they, – they, that's been a consonant bomb for a while. There was a point there where over like a three-year period, Ole Miss was the only team to win a series in Fayetteville, and they had done it twice. They're 28-3 and three at home. 28-3. and three. Um, three and seven on the road. Yeah. I mean, it's bizarre. I, mean, I realize most teams are better at home than they are on the road, but that's a, a remarkably that's a huge split. huge split, right? Yeah. I mean, Ole Miss sixteen and twelve at home. Yeah, Just really struggled. Yeah, five and eight on the road, two and one neutral. 
So that's what's weird this weekend is like you look at it on paper and you go, Arkansas and Mississippi State, they're going to handle them. But Arkansas doesn't play well at, at all away from home. And they're pretty beat up. Ole Miss, uh, nine and 18 quad ones, five and one quad threes, and they have two quad four losses. So uh, baseball doesn't really work on the quad system the way basketball does, but that's. They have home losses to teams over 150 or 160, 170, something like that in the RPI. And then they played those two teams in the 300. Stop playing them. Play anyone else. Stop playing the SWAC teams that are in the 300s. Yeah. It, it, it does do it. nothing for your schedule. Nope. It only hurts you. Yep. Play Memphis again. I don't care. Just quit that. Play Agreed. UAB. Agreed. ULM. Don't care. Play whomever. So, it's your baseball wrap-up. Um, again, Missouri here, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Tigers are not good, but they do what they typically can do. You have to kind of show up to beat them. Um, you got to bring your own energy there. Well, that's, that's a challenge. It will not be crowded. Nope. Now you're playing them late enough in the year. It won't be cold. Yeah, it will be bad. Sometimes you get them early and it's kind of like, oh, hell now it's also 25 when you're out here and doing this and, and whatever, but. Need to sweep that series if you're having, if you're if you're hanging on to any hope, because the odds of sweeping Auburn and Alabama are not particularly great. I wouldn't think. You don't think so? No, I mean those are good teams. Yeah. I mean the the path that would make the most sense if you just found a way to argue it into existence would be three, three, two. Because winning three against Auburn at home would be easier than winning two against, I mean, three against Alabama and Tuscaloosa to finish when it's going to be a pretty desperate team at that point. Alabama's fringy, um, the good RPI at 21, so they're probably okay. But they are the team where you look at it, they've got to get to 13 wins. Um, they're the ones where these win totals that we have found matter would would really matter in this case. I'm like an Ole Miss who's just so far back. It's, yeah. not, it's not relevant at this point, so. Anyway, talk some NFL drafts, some other stuff coming up on the podcast. We'll do that, do that. Tell you about spring is here. Some to refresh your outdoor spaces, heavenly sunshine property services, your go to for powerful power washing from your home's exterior and sidewalks to your deck and patio. The team has experience and equipment to get the job done right. Their advanced power washing techniques and attention to detail. They remove dirt, grime, and mildew to reveal a fresh and clean surface. They've been serving the Mid-South for over four decades. Full-service commercial and residential property maintenance includes power washing, soft wash, roof applications, facade cleaning, and window cleaning. Contact Heavenly Sunshine Property Services today. Enjoy a brighter, cleaner outdoor living space. You can visit their website. You can do that at HeavenlySunshine.com or give Sandy a call at 662-342-1203 to book your free estimate today. Use the code MPW10. That's MPW10 for 10% discount. Walk-On's Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine, po' boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Check them out in Oxford or Ridgeland today. The College Corner is your one-stop Rebel Shop, two locations in the Jackson area. <clears throat> in Ridgeland, it's next to Fleet Feet. In, um, home, in, home, in Flowood, it's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, it's okay. Uh, go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or homegating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day with the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, 
Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern 662-429-4429. A-Stock is a Nashville-based online retail company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1, no matter what the retail value may be. Shop now at astock.bid, that's A-S-T-O-C-K dot B-I-D, or download their app, name your price on thousands of big name, of items from big name retailers. They've got multiple locations around Nashville, as well as Memphis and Selma, Indiana, and more uh, that are coming soon that offer local pickups. So don't miss out at Astock. We're also brought to you by uh, Solutions Rx. It's a probiotic multivitamin supplement company created by by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. It's pharmaceutical grade. It's manufactured right here inside the U.S. under the highest standards based out of Iuka, Mississippi. If you take diabetes, high blood pressure, or cholesterol medications, you know they typically cause side effects like muscle pain, brain fog, and energy loss due to a depletion of minerals and vitamins in the body. But Chris formulated a product called Prescription Support to put those vitamins back into your body to help with those side effects, helping you stay more compliant in taking your medications, helping you stay healthier over the long term. It's available in local independent pharmacies across the continental U.S., including all across Mississippi, and on their website, solutionsrx.com. Simply type in the promo code OEP at checkout and get 10% off your first order. Podcast also brought to you by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. If you're ready for the Grove, you can join them at Vaught Hemingway Stadium this fall for the 2023 football season. You can order tickets now to participate in the seat selection process. To explore seating options, visit OleMissTix.com or call them at 662-915-7159 today to help lock the vault again. That's OleMissTix.com, 662-915-7159. Yeah, as mentioned, uh, if you have not read the story, seen the video, just all-around good guy, uh, Chris Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn, one of the better moments of the draft over the uh, over the weekend as uh, the Cowboys, where Chris is uh, currently employed, they uh, they allowed him to give his son a call. They drafted Deuce, the running back from uh, Kansas State that Neil talked about. We used to see him running around the IPF back in the day when he was a yep. a tyke. Um, Little guy, six, seven years old. Yeah. He's been drawing Darren Sproles comparisons for a while now. Um, had a hell of a career at Kansas State, so really neat moment there for uh, for them. Just, just kind of an awesome day. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he's – Obviously, he's been short. I kept thinking he would grow. And Chris was telling me about this back in the fall. Um, he finally had a doctor's appointment. I think it was in high school where the question was, you know, when, when's this growth spurt coming? And the doctor looked at his growth plates and said, it's not. This this is who you are. This is as tall as you're going to be. And that it was kind of a crossroads moment because obviously that's not what he wanted to hear. And he turned it into just this motivating thing. All right, well, then if I'm going to be this short, I'm going to be hell. And didn't let it stop him, didn't let it curtail his dreams. It obviously changed his recruiting. He's recruited differently at 5'10 than he is at 5'5. And um, he got the offer from Kansas State, went on the visit to Manhattan, loved it, took it, and never looked back. And had a fantastic career. And then it popped up again, right? Because the NFL is measurables. And and despite the numbers, 
NFL teams looked at him and said, he's not going to be able, be able to uh, hold up and pass pro. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be able to be a first and second down back, which knocks you out of the first couple of days of the draft. And then you start falling. And um, I was listening to an interview with Chris where he was talking about how it had not been that much before he got drafted that Deuce called and for the first time was frustrated, upset, upset. Yeah. You know, his voice was cracking. He was worried. And, you know, as a dad, that's the worst. The worst thing for a parent is not to be able to help, to be helpless, to not be able to do anything but just support. And for Chris, that's what he did. And then he got back into the room, and Deuce was the highest guy left on their board. And, um, sorry. And they, uh, they pulled the trigger and it was cool. It was a cool moment. I saw the 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 video of that the video that everybody sees is the video from the Cowboys room. Maybe the cooler video, at least in my opinion, I guess because I know the people was back at the Vaughn's house where I don't know how to stop that. Sorry. Is it on your phone or your I don't know. I'm about to say please stop texting me. Just hit the thing on the side. It's off. Is it? Yeah. Well, why did it ding then? I don't know. You can also mute the text, Jenny. Um, what round was it? Sixth. Sixth. Okay. Ole Miss with uh, four players drafted in the uh, in the draft of the weekend. Jonathan Mingo, second round, the Carolina Panthers. Tavius Robinson went fourth round to the Baltimore Ravens. Zach Evans, sixth round to the Los Angeles Rams. And Nick Broker, seventh round to the Buffalo Bills. Had six additional free agent signees, at least the last time I've seen any. So if there's any addition to that, I apologize, and somebody can tell me. Malik Heath uh, signed with the Green Bay Packers. Mason Brooks, the Washington Commanders. A.J. Finley, the Chargers. Troy Brown, the New York Giants. Otis Reese, the Tennessee Titans. And Katie Hill, the New York Jets, there to uh, to round that out. So, um, Of the free agent guys... I'm super happy for Mason. Yeah. I mean, if I'm just being honest, yeah. I'm super happy for Mason. I'll, I'll, I don't, I try not to cheer. I'll cheer for him. If he could, I would be beyond thrilled for a really good guy. If uh, he could find a roster, if he could find a way to make a roster. Is that possible? I don't know. I know that I've obviously talked to him throughout the process a little bit. And I know that the, the commander's, I think he went to the Shrine game. They told him there that they really liked him and that they were interested in in bringing him to camp. So here they are, and they've been through the process. I think that was the team that he felt best about. Not really. You know, and um, hopefully it works out for him. I hope so. You know, he to say that last year didn't go the way that he anticipated it would go or the way that he planned for it to go is an understatement of, gigantic proportion but here he is he's gonna get an opportunity so hopefully it works out for him i mean i i know a lot of the other guys too i'm, I'm happy for nick and some of the guys that we've covered for years aj finley yeah aj for sure but you know i was just i can't express enough how many how classy mason brooks was last year in the fall every sunday to do that show if people knew some of the backstory on that show week after week, 
they'd understand why I feel that way. There was stuff that happened behind the scenes on that show that, geez. And look, he'll get a real opportunity. I mean, they, they give everybody at least some snaps and see. I mean, there's not just, it's not completely. Sure, he's versatile. He can play guard, he can play tackle. Um, you know, he's probably, I mean, I, I don't know. I can't say it's a long shot or it's not. I don't know. It's, it's hard for undrafted guys to make teams necessarily, but I noticed that the, the commanders seem to be bringing in a, a handful of offensive linemen, so it must be something that, Organ, they're organizationally, they're looking for something. Um, I would say, again, without knowing anything about rosters necessarily, I mean, off the top of my head, I would assume Finley has the best chance of those six to make a roster and play any defensive back position for the most part and play special teams, obviously. Um, you wonder if Troy could stick on a special teams unit maybe. Yeah, it could be. Um, and then Malik has measurables. I mean, from a wide receiver standpoint, there's no doubt he has talent and measurables there from that standpoint. So that's kind of where I would uh, I would guess from that. Um, I'll, I'll say this. Yeah. And most people that, that are educated Ole Miss fans get this. Replacing Tavius Robinson is going to be a challenge for Ole Miss. It's an underrated dude. He was really underrated. Some of that's probably our fault for not hyping him the way that he probably deserved to be hyped. But... He was a really impactful player. He made some big plays in that Kentucky game, some big plays in that in the Egg Bowl, frankly. Um he he was he was one of the more underrated players in the Southeastern Conference and replacing him is going to be a challenge. It's going to the math. I was kind of doing the math here, not really the math, but checking Ole Miss uh, had a lot of second-round picks. I was kind of going back through it, and um, they've had at least one second-round pick basically in every draft going back to uh, second-round or better, I guess is the way to uh, to put that, all the way back to 20 – all the way through 2015. They've had at least a one second-round pick 2015 and all the way uh, to today. At this point, uh, Jonathan Mingo continues that uh, that trend. Obviously, getting picked by Carolina should be a. I mean, I don't know what you know they they're banking on quarterback situations there there in Carolina, but um, not the worst fit for him there at all. Obviously, a good opportunity for uh, for him. Zach Evans in L.A. is kind of interesting. They've had some rotating stuff at running back over the course through the Rams when I followed them, and then uh, I have no idea about what. Buffalo is situated on the offensive line or what broker situation might be there. Again, another guy who can play some other extra spots, can move around a little bit there for uh, for Buffalo. <clears throat> Ole Miss's last uh, first-round pick, 2017. I've had a first-round pick since 2017. Evan Ingram. Yeah. <clears throat> Three, obviously, in 16. Laquan, Laramie, and Robert. It's hard to believe it's been that long since Mm -hmm. I've had a first-round pick. Yeah. Since 2000, first-round picks for Ole Miss. Ingram, 17. Kimdichie, 16. Treadwell, 16. Tunzel, 16. Parade Jerry, 2009. Atlanta. Michael Orr, 2009. So two that year. Actually, back-to-back picks. Orr and Jerry went that season. Patrick Willis, 2007. Chris Spencer, 2005, center 26th overall to the Seahawks. 
Eli, obviously, number one overall in 2004. And Deuce, 2001, 23rd pick by the Saints. So those are your first-round picks back since 2000. Before that, John Avery, 1998, Dolphins, 29th overall pick for Miami. So. Yeah, I have no idea how that stacks up with the rest of the league. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> again, no. Yeah. No clue. The second round thing kind of surprised me a little bit. I don't know if it should have, shouldn't have, but I just when I started going through, I went, oh, yeah, that year, and 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 that year. Kind of had a little bit of a run there from uh, from that standpoint. You guys did a marathon draft show on Thursday night. Maybe I would like to go back and uh, hear that. Talk to David Beatty, who's at FAU now. That interview also uh, included there on uh, on that. Just Did you find yourself getting more interested in it, having to pay attention to it as it was happening, or did you still feel kind of a disconnect from it? I felt pretty disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't. I never paid a, a minute of attention to it after Friday night, Thursday night. Just didn't. There, I can't criticize it because there's been times that I've been locked into the draft, but I, I think they could turn that into a much faster process. It just feels. I, I know it's made for TV, and we do a lot. But of it, it is lengthy, and it's just long. I mean, I but operationally, know. is that for that purpose? I mean, would the front offices go? No, we need that. Is exactly yeah, what we need. Could be. I don't know. Maybe they do need that much time. Because that's one of those things where getting it right from what a front office needs is more important than the TV product. I mean, the the the, the teams would go, hold on a minute. No, we're, this is not just right. for TV. we got to figure this out. Yeah. This needs to look a certain way. Yet they do the other rounds faster. So why can't you do the first round faster? Because frankly, that's where you've done most of your homework. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It just... I can't imagine being the guy that sits there in front of the TV for three and a half to four hours and watches that. But I think it's a background thing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, sure. When you get like the later stages in the baseball draft where it's like every 10 seconds. I mean, literally, it's just pow, 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 pow. Okay, fine. We're sending him to Kingston. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's all good. Richardson going to bust or boom? I mean. What do you think? Would you be pissed if your team had taken him there? Yeah. Would you? Because, I mean, it's... But look, we talked about this for a better part of a year. Some team was going to fall in love with the tools. We can fix it. Because the tools are all there. The stuff that you can't coach. We can fix it. He's got it. Height, speed, bazooka for an arm. Can't coach that stuff. It's all there. I think he's a bright guy. Uh, they said that he had great charisma in meetings, which is kind of some of the same stuff I've heard about him. So you look at it, you go, okay, well, we can get him to put touch on the ball. We can get him to process a little faster. And he's on, he's on a team where now his owner is not doing any favors. He's going to start. Okay, He doesn't need to start right away. You need to let him. Oh, did he say that? He's going to start some this year, yeah. Don't say that. Just don't put the pressure on him. I have a bigger problem with him being my owner than Richardson being my quarterback. Well, the owner's he's become a loose cannon. And so that's where you wonder. He really has. That's where you wonder is is that maybe one of the worst possible fits for a guy like Richardson. Yeah, there's no structure where it's, hey, no, we're all patient and we figure this out. Hey, we've got a veteran quarterback. He can play. 
there's no rush. We've got a year to get you ready. But this is today's NFL. You're the fourth pick in the draft. You're going to play. We'll see. I mean, in many ways, despite the fact that he had the horrible night where he the TV cameras were on him all night long, Levis may have landed in a better situation. Mm-hmm. He comes in. There's a 35-year-old veteran quarterback. Pressure's not on Will Levis to be the guy day one. He's got a little more time to break in. It's a, a more structured organization in Nashville. So, in many ways, Levis may have won by losing. Except for the whole lack of money. The money. Needing the right. big contract where he has yeah, to stick sure. around now to hit. No, it's going to take him a while to make up the difference, obviously. Because the other guys are going to get paid. Young and Stroud and Richardson get paid. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't even want to talk. I don't even want to say what what really bothered me on Thursday night, but just it's cultural stuff. You've watched way more than I did, so I, yeah, I, I'm. I did. I followed the picks. I never turned it on. Like I followed the picks. I saw on social media, but I I did not watch literally one second yeah. of the actual draft. Just nothing. We had it on. Uh, interestingly, we've not gotten flagged. That worked. So there was just no noise. It's audio. It's audio. Yeah. Yeah. Because nobody's like scan like, come on. There's nothing to Yeah. The man can't know exactly what's on your screen. Yeah, they can, but it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Levis You know, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. If he's good, it's 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 better. I mean, fit absolutely matters once you get the the, the the bonus money it's just a matter of can he do it I mean I'm I'm I, I tend more to think that this quarterback class in general 
Because, look, you, you rate quarterback classes against itself. It's the players inside the class that you're rating against. I frankly think this is a bad quarterback class all the way around. Like, I just don't think this is one of the better quarterback classes that really makes a long-term impact. It could be wrong. Not a scout. But well, especially with Caleb Williams a year away. Yeah, I just don't – There, I did not feel like there was some guarantee anywhere in this quarterback class. Because if you come out and say, hey, Bryce Young is – you know, deal was he's small and deals with some injuries and you know sure. kind of gets into a Kyler Murray mode a little bit. Okay, buy it. The Texans are certainly interesting because they went all in. Well, at least they the at least they care. Sure, I'll give the Texans that. I mean, as poorly as that franchise has been run, or at times it seemed like they didn't even give a shit. No, I mean, if you're a Texans fan, you're excited today. It's like they should have the first pick. <clears throat> I mean, they literally screwed up just getting the first pick. But they're all in. I mean, they get arguably the best defensive player in the draft and Will Anderson, and they get the quarterback that I think they wanted. And I get this, as Grind says, if you, I mean, if this class is not great and there's no guarantee, give me the dude with upside and see if he hits. Oh, look. I mean, there's no reason on limiting your upside and taking a dude because he might be a little marginally better as an NFL well, quarterback. we all focus on the bust. Buffalo doesn't regret taking Josh Allen. And at the time, it was criticized. Oh, he's just a tools guy. Worked out. Now you got to be Josh Allen and not the 187 other examples of that same thing that saying. do bust. That's what I'm saying. I mean, but, you know, I mean, Patrick Mahomes got passed over by a lot of people. Kind of worked out for the Chiefs. I mean, look, if, if, if he can be coached and he can kind of work his way out of some of his bad habits and put a little touch on the ball, Richardson's a beast physically. Sure. I mean, an absolute beast physically. There's nothing he can't do. I did love the disconnect, though, of some of the beat writers there and also the people who you can tell watch NFL nonstop and don't watch college football are like, oh, my God, and this is like, yeah, raise your hand and show me you did not watch him at Florida at all. You don't know exactly what that looked like on the field because yeah. got a long way to go. Long but, way. I mean, it's it's not. There's a lot of bad film. A lot of bad film. He had that day against Utah. Looked great. And he had some throws, like there's there a couple of the throws that he made against Tennessee that you're like, whoa. He lost to Vanderbilt. He did. He did. What he, what he puts on film is two things. He puts on that enticing, those enticing throws that quite frankly most quarterbacks can't make. Sure. He makes throws that, there's a couple of throws again in that Tennessee game last season where you look at the throw and you're like, oh my God. Just not many guys can make that throw. And then he puts the stuff on film where you're like, that's just inexcusable. Mm -hmm. Some of the picks, the mistakes, the bad throws, the throw into traffic, the throw at a thousand miles an hour, eight yards away, and the ball bounces off the receiver and gets tipped up in the air. In the NFL, that's that's unforgivable. You can't yeah. make those mistakes. Yeah. And then he turns around just about the time that you as an NFL exec are out on him. And does something special. He makes some throw, like one of the throws he made against Missouri, where it's just a damn work of art. And you're like, that's that's a winning play in the NFL. Can we do not, more of that? Not everybody can make that throw. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I get it. So you, you roll the dice. Yeah. I will say that when you are going to swing, swing big. Oh, if you're going to roll them, roll them on somebody that actually has an incredibly high ceiling. That's my point. And then, look, yeah. that's why Levis fell. Because yeah. a lot of teams, A is toe, and then two went, okay, but like, what's best case? It's just, it's not what Richardson's best case is. So no. why are we doing that? Richardson's ceiling is best quarterback in the league. Sure. 
because the body's there. Oh, I mean. Yeah, somewhere between best quarterback in the read and Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, and that, his, his, that's the range. Now, I don't think his floor is as deep as Jamarcus's. Jamarcus had stuff around stuff. him that was just a disaster. Yeah. So, All right, continue the conversation in a second. I'll tell you about Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C, service people across rural communities, two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio, your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's NESpark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, pro controls, network security, security, a wireless mesh extender, and much more. So to get the best internet in Lafayette County, as well as parts of Union and Pontotoc counties, that's 662-238-3159. It's graduation season. Dead Soxie has your favorite grad's feet covered Every journey begins with the first step. Make it count and gift your grad premium dead Soxy socks. Take advantage of 30% off savings or gift a sock subscription that will keep them fresh as they step into their new adventure in style. Visit deadsoxy.com. Use the promo code rebelgrove for 30% off savings at checkout to style up your favorite new grad. Congratulations to the class of 2023 from Dead Soxy and as always, stay Soxy. Game Changer Patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. The overtime patch is used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for your next play. Go to GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. ACS is owned by... Clay McNutt, Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell automation recognized system integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. They can custom tailor software packages, custom design electrical control panel solutions, and much, much more. It's ACSLLCMS.com or call 662-601-4381. Uh, Lamons Fine Jewelry at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford is uh, closing in uh, June. Uh, Alan and Nancy are retiring after a long time serving the Oxford area. So go by, visit them. They have some closeout sales and things in place. So check them out for whatever your jewelry needs may be. It's LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. And we're brought to you by Pinnacle, Pinnacle based in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states. Pinnacle provides detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. They treat investing like a commodity and decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. To learn more, go to uh, mypinwealth.com. That's M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. Podcast is brought to you by Prime Shrimp, primeshrimp.com. Five different, seven different flavors available for you. They ship directly to your door. Left fewer than 10 minutes, freezer plate with Prime Shrimp. You can get everything from New Orleans style barbecue, the signature. They have their uh, full meals in a bag. That's the uh, French Quarter Alfredo, the garlic herb butter, the lemon cracked pepper is a great versatile option as well, or the simply shrimp that you can season yourself. It's great for the more discerning palate, also great for uh, maybe kids in your house. So Prime Shrimp, primeshrimp.com, buy, buy five pouches or more and use the code RG, get 25% off. So code RG, 25% off when you buy five pouches or more with Prime Shrimp. Also, they're available in all Rouse's markets, Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi for sure. 
So if you have a Rouse's, you can get it brick and mortar there. Again, primeshrimp.com. We'll continue to talk about a couple draft things and look around the uh, the country. Some big uh, games, NBA and NHL yesterday. And uh, getting started with uh, rounds two for both of those coming up as early as today. Go to May 1st, see what's going on. From NBA standpoint, two games today. Philadelphia and Boston playing uh, today in Boston. And then Phoenix and Denver um, have the second game of their series, 9 o'clock for that one. So 6.30 and 9, the back-to-backs, the Nuggets up 1-0 after uh, routing the Suns in game one. So 9 o'clock there in Denver. And then that is uh, game one without Joel Embiid, by the way, in uh, Boston tonight for uh, 76ers and Celtics in, uh, in that one. Last thing on the draft, I have no issue at all with the Eagles just taking a bunch of Georgia players. I'm good with it. Just fill your roster with a bunch of Georgia players. It'll be all right. They win. They'll figure it out. They're doing something right. I mean, if somebody said, somebody said, hey, you got to have 10 players from a team. Who you want? I'll take the Georgia kids. Yeah. No question. That's what I'd say right away. Yeah, we'll we'll go go with it. That's what I'd say right away. I mean, they've. I mean, Noah Smith was picked in the top 12. They get him at 30. I mean, it, it, it. Look like a good draft for for Philadelphia. I think they're still going to be rolling. All right. Yeah, I'm buying Philly for, for a while. sure. I mean, they get Jalen Carter, who's potentially the best player in the draft. I realize there's problems there, but physically, but the upside there for the ninth pick, oh. is off the charts. I don't need eight minutes for that one. If I get to nine and he's there, and I'm at all comfortable with it, go ten seconds. Hey, yeah. However long it takes to write. As soon as that pick before it went and it wasn't Jalen Carter, I went, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Here, we'll do that. Well, they traded up to go, yeah. go do it. Right. We don't talk a lot of hockey, but crazy-ass night in the NHL last night. Uh, two game sevens, both won by underdogs, including arguably, maybe not even arguably, I think it's just certain the biggest upset in NHL playoff history the Florida Panthers knock off the Boston Bruins last night. The Bruins, oh, I did see that with the uh, best regular season in league history, and they are out in the uh, first round to the eight seed Panthers after being up three one in the series and losing two games in Boston during the run. Um, just crazy. They lose in overtime last night. They had a lead in the third period. Florida comes back, ties it, and then also uh, wins it. Florida, frankly, was more in shock than anyone um, when it was, that, in, it was in Boston. It was, in, right? it was at the Garden last yeah. night. Yeah, assuming they play at the Garden, honestly, I have no idea. Um, and then Seattle, the Kraken, wins its first playoff series in franchise history, obviously a new franchise, but they uh, they stun the defending champion Avalanche in seven games last night in Colorado. Oh. So Bruins and Avalanche, both one seeds out in the NHL playoffs in the first round. Um, I, I kind of have to apologize to the Athletic in this because I, I grab a bunch of stuff in their newsletter every morning, and even when this series – Went down 0-1, and the 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 teams that were seated seven and eight or or one and eight, sorry, or seated eight, um, had won the first games. They were going, hey, this is really something to watch. And I, in my head, I'm kind of going, oh come on, they're still going to come back and win in six or whatever. But they kind of stayed with it. That no, this looked a certain way. They were right. So if you're into the NHL at all, it's been a uh, it's been a crazy thing. They have another game seven tonight to close their first round. Devils and Rangers. That is at 7 o'clock tonight on uh, ESPN for that. So New York, the Rangers, and then New Jersey, New Jersey, the Devils. Um, Devils, heavy favorite there in that one. So we'll see. I wish I had the time to get in to NHL because it's great. Playoff hockey is awesome. I just 
it's hard to just go, hey, I'm going to pick up a new sport. I mean, it's it, just a it, finite amount of time that one has. Well, and you're harmed more than I am from the standpoint of you like the NBA to such a degree. It's coming in with the exact same schedule. Yeah. There's no, I can't watch one playoffs and then the next, or it's not in the off season per se to your right. NBA fandom. You're having to pick and choose games and nights, and it, it's not. Yeah, I've followed this the whole year, and then they get to the playoffs, and so I'm pretty invested in some of the series, not emotionally, but just kind of intellectually. Like I've watched these teams. I'm curious to see if the things that I thought play out. Yeah, last night, uh, Miami, the Heat knock off the New York Knicks, 108-101 to start that series there in uh, in New York, and then Golden State routes the Kings in Game 7, 120-100 to win 4-3 in that series. So Lakers-Warriors now setting up, starting on uh, tomorrow. we got to talk about Steph Curry for a minute. Okay. This is hard. I hate the Warriors. I hate them. I like the Kings. Kings are plucky. They're fun. Kings were fun. They have some of my favorite players in the league. TD had a hell of a game six. I know Terrence. Yeah. Um, I, I I was for them. But as... Game seven unfolded in Sacramento, and Steph Curry is just unconscious. 50 points. He, in the third quarter, took the King's soul and ripped it straight out of their body. At some point, you know, we do this deal where we talk about the greatest. And don't get me wrong, I'm not putting Steph in the same category with Jordan and LeBron and Kobe. But. He's the best pure shooter in the history of the game. And he literally, when he is on fire like that, he takes the Warriors and makes them where I'm not sure they're beatable. And then what they do, and again, I hate saying all of this, their ability, and I think this is culture, I think this is Steve Kerr, I think this is Clay Thompson and, and Steph and great Draymond Green, yuck, um, Andrew Wiggins. Dual camera. Oh, here. My bad. my bad. I think this is um, this is you have to start talking about their greatness. And that's what they are. They th- there's from a franchise standpoint, that's greatness. They they just win. They won a championship last year when nobody thought they'd win a championship. Here they are back in the Western Conference semifinals as a whatever seed they are. A six seed. Yeah. They get the Lakers. They have home court. Should be a incredibly fascinating series. I know a lot of people nationally will get sick of this. And I get it. They're tired of hearing about LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. But LeBron's an all-time great player going for another championship, and now he has to go through the Warriors to get to it. They disposed of the of the Grizzlies. They destroyed them in Game 6 in L.A. And, and so now they go up to San Francisco, and, and this, will be an, this will be a high-profile series between two of the all-time great players in, in, in league history. And I do think we have to start talking about Steph in a different way. What is the – because you're right, he is. He's the best pure shooter in NBA history, at least 
given the the level of the modern era for sure because they it's it's such more of an emphasis i guess where i'm going don't we almost have to create a new era for when three-pointers became such a higher part of the game yeah like, I, think, I think i think i gave you that stat that time larry bird never even practiced three-pointers right because it just wasn't enforced the way that it is now from a that's an important part of the game it's something you really have to push and push and push and that's what you do i mean are we only talking the about like the last 10 12 years yeah it's the analytic era yeah era sure where you know mid-range twos are frowned upon mm-hmm. you know they're, they're the worst shot in the league is an 18 foot jump shot you know unless you yeah unless you make it 70 something percent of the time right you know? i mean it's it's about points per possession and just the analytics Every every sport, I mean, if you think about it, I was watching the Cubs Marlins game yesterday, and it was the Peacock broadcast, and so it was more of a national broadcast, and they were talking about analytics that are available today that weren't available back when the announcers were playing. Whatever doesn't matter. Uh, the point is, is, is um, yeah, I mean, I I think I think it's safe to say that the way the Warriors play has revolutionized the game, and if you're talking. I hate comparing eras. It's not possible. But in this era of sort of analytical, positionless basketball, he has been an unstoppable force. And he's the reason that yesterday didn't get into the fourth quarter. He, He wrecked the Kings in the third quarter. Kings got in some foul trouble. And they just got wrecked. They were down 10, and then the first part of the fourth quarter, he just shot them right out. It was over. And there aren't many players in the league who can do that, who can just take over a game from the perimeter the way that he does. And then he drives to the basket. He gets he gets those little – I mean, he just beats – he's such a matchup problem. The Kings wanted to put Fox on him, but they didn't want to get Fox in foul trouble. They wanted to put TD on him, and TD can body him, but TD can't stay with him athletically. And then they, they just had nobody they could put with him. And he beat people over screens, and they're so deep as a team with Wiggins who can shoot it and Clay who can shoot it. And as much as people love, self-included, to hate Draymond Green, what Green and, and uh, Lo- Lo- Looney did on the board yesterday to Sacramento was... Yeah, Curry, he's the first player in NBA history to have 50 points in a Game 7 in the playoffs, uh, I think it might have been the most points by a Warrior in the playoffs. And then uh, he was 20 of 38 from the field yesterday in that one. I mean, look, the Warriors rise. This has been going on 10 years now. It's pretty remarkable. You know, they um, they finished – when this group kind of got together and got started, they finished sixth in the West in back-to-back years. They won a first-round game in the first year, lost the second year. And then after that, this run – in 14-15, they win the title 4-2 over the Cavs. The next year, they finish, they, they win the West again. They win the title over the Cavs. No, sorry, they lost to the Cavs that next year. And they beat the Cavs the next year. They beat the Cavs the next year to win three out of four titles. And then in 18-19, they lose the NBA Finals to the Raptors. Um, and then I kind of forgot about it until I pulled this up a second ago where they had that one year of almost kind of like they had the injuries and all the stuff. They go 15 and 50 in the middle of this run in a season that ended with COVID there um, in, in 20, 39 and 33, and then back at it last year. They finished third in the West, ended up winning the title, and then now even from sixth in the West, they're back into the semifinals against the Lakers, and they're heavy favorites, obviously, in that uh, in that matchup. So it's 
it, it's been a remarkable run off of those guys. And it's, I mean, what we talked about this, I think in the off season, though, before we even got started with the year was they've got to figure out how to pay everybody and when to break it up and what to do. And the way they win, it just makes it almost impossible to not pay them and just keep it going. Well, and you know, they've, they've kind of had a dual track approach. I mean, they've developed some young players that, that got some Moses Moody, um, uh, Jonathan Kaminga. They've, they've, been able to get in the lottery a couple of times because of the way they've run things and and they've they've got a nice young bench as well but yeah every time you think it's time for them to turn the corner it's time for them to address where they go from here and they're coming up on this where clay's a free agent um draymond's gonna want to get paid but we'll see what happens in this series this is gonna be an interesting series because i don't know that the lakers have the guard play but you know we'll see Anthony Davis has to show up for the Lakers if they're going to win the series. It's not going to be just about LeBron. Davis has to show up game in and game out against these guys. And then after that, I mean, if you watch Denver and Phoenix, I think you know what's coming. This is going to be a fun series. Denver's really good. Denver played lights out on Saturday night. But Phoenix will – I'll be curious to see game two. Is that tonight? It is tonight, yes. Uh, Celtics Sixers game one, Nuggets Suns game two tonight. Well, if, if, if Embiid can't play, this is going to be a short series. And he's out at least game one, probably game two. Probably game two is what Doc Rivers said. So that that gets problematic the way that the, the Celtics are playing. And then this, this Denver-Phoenix series is – people get it's, – it's funny. People that don't watch a lot of NBA, they think of Jokic as just this big guy. He can do a little bit of everything, and he passes the ball so well. And Michael Porter Jr. is a terrific player. And um, Jamal Murray, finally healthy, was terrific the other night. And they've got this kind of a very professional team. It's been together for a while. They've got really good role players. Gordon, um, even the young kid Christian Braun from Kansas, comes off their bench, gives them really good minutes. They're fun. I mean, they put they put Christian Braun on KD some on mm-hmm. Saturday night. And it's not you're not going to stop Kevin Durant. But what you want to do is just make him work. And they kind of made him work a little bit and it'll be a that, that's going to be a fun series. They're a fun team. People just because they've had those two quick exits the last couple of years when they were beat up. They they went into the playoffs unhealthy. Well, this year they're in the playoffs healthy. They're they're interesting. They've been together a long time. They have a they have a, a really strong culture. Had the same coaching staff in place for a while now. Against a Phoenix team that hasn't had a whole lot of time together. The transfer portal window has closed uh, as May 1st arrives. If you're going to, you don't have to make a decision yet. You can still go whenever you want to go, but you have to be in the portal to have transferred or to transfer moving forward. Um, we'll see where that irons out. I saw an updated top 25 available uh, transfers this morning. They had Taiwan Malone at number 24. He recently took a visit to Ohio State. No idea of interest there either way. Uh, he does intend to play both sports, though, wherever he goes, which remains pl- problematic from a football-only standpoint as far as, A, who will take him and be his own development. Um, look, completely his life. Never have any negative thing to say about it, but it absolutely does stunt your development in both sports to do that. 
It is so damn hard. It's impossible. Yeah, um, it just. I admire his willing his his. On one hand, I admire his stubbornness. It's my life. I'm going to do it my way. And on the other hand, I'm like, hey man, kind of being a little stubborn here. Yeah, you're jack of all trading when you got to excel at something. If yeah. you're getting to the next level, if, doing it. If the goal is to get matter. to the next yeah. level, and it might not Maybe be it's just play. Okay, it might be. Hey, I, that doesn't really mean much to me. At which point, I go, hey man, all power to you. Do your thing. And I don't know. I've never had that conversation with him. Do you, I've never had the opportunity to say, do you want to play in the NFL? Does that matter to you? Because look, if he wants to play Major League Baseball, playing football is stupid. Oh, 100%. Just stupid. If you want, And if you want to play in the NFL... It's stupid the other way. It's stupid the other way, especially if you're not going to get to play. If you're just standing on a if sitting on a bench all weekend long, getting to play in a midweek here and there, you're you're losing development time. How much I don't know, but again, if if hey, this is what I want to do. I just want to play both sports at the college level, and whatever happens after that is bonus. All power to you, bud. Knock it out. And he's a smart kid. Oh sure. So you know, the whole pro sports thing may not be. I mean, I mean, where he is. The end-all, be-all driving force in his life. And, and, and he may have just said, I really want to have this college experience of playing both sports, and good for him. Yeah. Podcast brought to you in part by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer medicine. If your prescription is the same day each month and take care of you, they'll also transfer your medications from those big box pharmacies to uh, G&M or Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs. You make one phone call. They will take care of the rest. So, again, to get local delivery, get the uh, med packs individually set up for you where you have the medicine you need when you need it every single day, Oxford or Holly Springs. That's 662-236-2222. Brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. If you're uh, thinking about traveling, maybe you're planning something for the summer, you're planning something for the holidays, whatever the case may be, get in touch with John. Just give him some parameters and a budget. He's going to give you options, and no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services, 901-494-3387, or Edwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first booked trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. Also brought to you by OPA on the uh, square in Oxford. It's Oxford's newest Greek restaurant. If you're coming up um, in the next couple of weeks, coming up for baseball or just to hang out, graduation, whatever the case may be, make OPA a part of your weekend uh, right there on the square in Oxford. I'll have a mailbag up on Wednesday. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. Whitney sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. Brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, whether you're seeking an entry-level position or you're a seasoned professional, they have opportunities across the board in multiple fields. It's always free for the candidate, so you've got nothing to lose by getting in touch with Will, Sidney, or Kelsey at 662-832-5138. Or uh, check out their new and improved website, Service Specialist LTD. 
Get the uh, beautiful and healthy smile you deserve at Corinth Dental. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures that will result in a beautiful, long-lasting smile. From routine checkups to advanced treatment, including implants and Invisalign, Corinth Dental is here to help you achieve your smile goals. Schedule your appointment today. Take the first step toward a better version of yourself at CorinthDental.com. And we're brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. There's so much offered at Southern Traditions, including horseback riding offerings from beginner lessons to uh, buying your first horse and competing at nationally recognized competitions. To learn more, go to uh, Facebook or Instagram and get in touch with them on Southern Traditions Farm. If you're looking at it, kind of wrapping up this professional talk for the day I guess Warriors and Bruins included here Bruins the uh the hockey team that joins that sort of Mount Rushmore or of uh great regular seasons that then does not end in the title can't you make the argument that of the four and I'll name them in a second it's the worst one because they lose in the first round I mean you do the one for every sport obviously the Patriots in 2007 <laughs> who lose to the Giants in the Super Bowl they were undefeated coming into the game they don't complete it. Speaking of the Warriors, the 73-9 and nine season in 2016. But they lose in a Game 7 of NBA Finals. They get all the way to the Finals and lose. And then in 20, 2001, the 116-win Mariners that uh, oh, yeah. won the Divisional Series and then lost in five games to the Yankees in the ALCS. That might be the biggest blown opportunity. Hundred just shows you how hard it is to win. But 116 games, Ken Griffey Jr. Tournament. in his prime. One sixteen and forty six. That was before the injury, right? Before the Ooh. I don't know. Is it I think so. One sixteen and forty six. Is it it's amazing when you think about it. Totally. Lou Pinello, the manager of that yeah. team. Young Alex Rodriguez. Edgar Martinez. Jay Buner. Randy Johnson, a lot of talent on that team, man. And again, you had the best player in the sport in his prime, I think, before some of the injuries that slowed his career a little bit. Griffey not on that team. Griffey was not on that team? Mm -mm. Oh, Jesus, who was? This team, Jay Buhner was still on this team as a backup, it looks like. Um, Was this Tino Martinez? So this team was Dan Wilson, John Olerud, Brett Boone, Carlos Guillen, David Bell, Al Martin, Mike Cameron, Ichiro Suzuki, and Edgar Martinez. Oh, my God. I was way off. Mark McLemore, Ed Sprague, Jay Buhner. Who's the pitching staff? Was it Randy Johnson? Hatton Borders. Um, They're starting pitchers. How did this team win 116 games? I don't know. Are you sure? Okay. I'll take your word for it. I believe Yes. I mean, I'm on baseballreference.com. I mean, I don't know. Aaron Seeley, Jamie Moyer, Arthur Rhodes, Norm Charlton, Brian Fuentes, Joel Panera. I mean, that's what I got here, guy. Wow. I don't, I don't know. Color me. Freddie Garcia, Aaron Seeley, Jamie Moyer, Paul Abbott, John Halama, and Joel Pinero. Yeah. The closer was uh, Kazuhiro Sasaki. What year was this? 2001. Oh, yeah. 
I'm getting old, man. I he can't. Had, I he can't had 45 saves. That team won 116 games. Yes, yeah, so that team won 116 and 46. Jeez. They beat the Indians 3-2 in the divisional series and lost 4-1 to the Yankees in the ALCS. That's correct. I mean, nothing that just sticks out, but no. I mean, I'm looking here at batting averages. Yeah, they I mean they're fine. Brett Boone had a hell of a year. Brett Boone hit 331 with 37 and 141. Oh. Those are numbers. Yeah, that's a year. Mike Cameron had 25 and 110. Edgar Martinez, 23 and 116. Suzuki hit 350. Suzuki with 316 total bases. Brett he, Boone with 360 total bases. Ichiro probably doesn't get the credit he deserves for how great he was. Yeah, Buner was a dude back in the 90s now. That was like one of my oh, guys yeah. like back in the day. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was a great player. Are you aware that uh, today is probably, and barring some late uh, fix, that we're getting another writer's strike in Hollywood? Oh, really? Yeah, you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, first one since 2007, unless something crazy happens. And this one, I mean, for the layman who doesn't understand a lot of how the unions and the the, the writers and stuff works – this one I kind of get. It would be the first one since 2007, which we historically remember is the thing that ruined season two of Friday Night Lights and why we have that ridiculous uh, story arc that just sort of ends because the writer's strike happened and they had no way to uh, finish the, se- the se- season there. So what's going on is it shows you how much streaming has changed things since they last had a deal. Um, I, I get, I don't know all the ins and outs, but I sort of get the writer standpoint of what's going on with this. And it says that uh, if it lasts and if it does happen, it could send Hollywood into a deep freeze. Series likely go off the air. Productions get delayed. More reality shows will flood the airwaves. And the uh, California economy is set to lose at least $2.5 billion, um, if not Well, they'll just tax uh, everybody more. some more. That's true. They argue that uh, Hollywood's its pivot to streaming has worsened the working conditions and made it hard to earn a middle-class income as a writer. They say that uh, shorter series are a lot of it. In the previous TV era, shows like How I Met Your Mother reliably churned out seasons with 20-plus episodes. Now streamers are prioritizing seasons with 8 to 12 episodes. Residuals no longer exist. This is one where I went, oh, I never thought about this. Historically, if you had a writing credit on a TV show and then the show aired as a rerun, you'd earn a royalty payment known as a residual. Streaming has completely removed residuals because it simply streams it's not a first run versus a residual versus a rerun at that point and then i had never heard of this term but apparently they have these things called mini rooms which in the streaming age writers often work in quote mini rooms where they crank out scripts at low wages for shows that may or may not even be made a lot of frustration last month 97.8 percent of eligible members of the writers guild of america voted to authorize a strike said it's the most support for a work stoppage in union history. So that is where that sits. So that's for everybody or is that for networks? Is that for the people who write for Amazon? I'm assuming, and well, it's Apple 97%, and, so okay. it's almost everybody. Yeah, that would be almost anybody inside the Writers Guild, potentially. It says that if this were to happen, studios have been stockpiling scripts ahead of the May 1st deadline. So scripted TV shows would continue for a while. It wouldn't be an automatic uh, end. 
but late night shows and other topical programs like SNL would be impacted immediately at oh, that point. Yeah. Um, during the last strike, it lasted a hundred days from 2007 into 2008. Um, and yeah, it cost from an economical standpoint it was a little over two billion dollars back in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. So midnight tonight, I believe, is the deadline. If I have that correct, that's where it sits. If I never watch another reality show, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, well, you're about to get more of them though. If this happens, I, I just find something to stream, find some docs. Yeah, I'll find some stuff. This, I, I get it though. This actually makes sense. Like yeah. I can go, okay, yeah. I, I, you frankly need to tear it up and start over. Figure out how to make it work for everybody because the the old the old agreement simply isn't even applicable to today's streaming situation. Yeah, the way that people consumed entertainment is completely different. Obviously, mm-hmm. and there's some good stuff streaming. I mean, or it's a ton. You just got to find it. Yeah. Today, it's actually harder to find because there's just so to pick much. Something. Yeah. There's so much crap on right now that you're just get through it, get through it, get through it, get through it. Find find what that one thing is. You can't just sample shows. It's so hard to do right now. You watch anything now? You streaming anything? Succession. Got to get to Lasso. No. I mean, I, I just don't watch enough. It's one show every several days. So, I mean, I'm so slow yeah. doing it. I mean, I've got things I watch, but it's not a... Because I even, like, last night, I thought about turning Succession on to catch up because I'm, I've told this on the podcast, I'm having such a hard time not getting episodes spoiled that I'm, I need to be better because I'm seeing what happened before I actually watch the episode because it's finishing up. Um, but I just... You've got to really pay attention. And you, for it's an hour of locked in. And I just wasn't really in a locked in place mentally. And yeah. No, nah, I'm good tonight. I'll try to do it tomorrow. But I'm not I'm not there right now. So I, I rolled through night. shrinking. was was terrific. I yeah, thought... you love that. It was good. For me, it was really... It was kind of my type of stuff. I'm... I'm the night agent. It's good. Gotten started on it. Are you doing this while treadmilling or just at, when you're just sitting? I did shrinking while treadmilling. Okay. And like I'll head to the gym later today and find something and give it a shot. Run for an hour and 20 minutes or whatever. By the way, kudos to the uh the double decker people. They they put on a really good event over the weekend and the 10k 5k thing, which is really hard to do to make that work where it, the 10k people and the 5k people sort of end up meshing together and those are people running different speeds and it can be problematic yeah and it was a little problematic in a couple of spots but credit to them for the most part they had it really planned out well that's a bigger job i suspect than people think it is like planning a race and blocking the traffic and and all of that stuff i mean the event in general logistically you know, Stubbs does a phenomenal job as the director of that. It, it's it's more than a year process, and it's constant. You're just doing it in the next year and the next year, yeah. putting it on. And they got a little build up by rain, but also had to deal with some weather. Um, yeah, I thought logistically everything ran incredibly well over the weekend. Yeah, definitely. Congratulations to them. It looks like the crowds were back at pre-COVID levels. Um, considering the weather and things, it was it was packed. Um, I don't know what the numbers were, but it felt like the most people running that I. Oh, really? I've done it. I don't know, three or four times, maybe four times now. Mm-hmm. And it was it. There was a ton of people. 
Yeah. But Huge they, crowds for Ashley McBride on Friday night for uh Blaberry Smoke and Marcus King on Saturday night from a from a music standpoint. Um a lot of vendors, a lot of people, I'm sure that economically the the bars and restaurants did incredibly well. Um saw it's a one bar owner said it was almost last year's number, which was good. That was kind of what was hoped or expected, considering the, again the weather and right. because I most people, frankly, stayed at Double Decker, and this says something about where the baseball season is, I know. And I get on Saturday that the time change moved from one thirty to noon. The weather was coming in, all that stuff. But it's pretty weak baseball crowds all weekend. I thought Saturday was the least home Double Decker Saturday I have seen since covering them, unless there's one I just can't remember off the top of my head. But, um, no, there was a ton of people. Um, it seems like in, in all ways Double Decker did incredibly well. Visit Oxford and Lee and them do a phenomenal job with that every year. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's been good. Ten Ks always crack me up, though. Ten Ks, ten Ks more than more than like marathons, because you get ten Ks. Like you, what you don't get in a marathon is you don't get the guy or the girl who just who just showed up. Very unlikely. I mean, you're not showing up running twenty six two. I mean, I guess it's possible. Yeah. It was that that was a that was a bit on a how I met your mother episode is the guy was like I don't understand you step 1 you start running there is no step 2 and it's like okay but yeah. it gets a little more complicated <laughs> than that go ahead yeah you're not going to be ready when 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 your nipples are are bleeding the hell and back I'll, I'll I'll laugh at you but there was a couple of people on mile 2 that are pulled over like almost on mile 2 on mile 2 because they took off sprinting. I guess. Or they just didn't train. And it's like, why are you doing this? Why Why would you sign up? At least do the 5K. Yeah. I mean. Anybody can get through the 5K. I mean. I mean, six and a quarter miles. It's not the end of the world, but you do have to have a certain No, there is a of, barrier between a 5K and a 10K on, hey, I've got to at least, like, have run before for the most part. Like, there's a, something to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. you got to have a little bit. You know, just from a your body being. Prepared. I mean, you're running for an hour. You're running, yeah. You're, you're running for a good hour. Yeah. It was it was interesting though. And then there's there's the people that they take off and you're like, yeah, I'll see you in a minute. In a couple of miles, I'll 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 holler at well, you. Well, they're literally like over because the second mile was kind of over by the we were passing around the grove and stuff, and they're over on the side and they're like bent, really bent over at the waist. You're like, what are you doing? Why? What? 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 Are, what? T- I would love to stop and have the conversation. What do you, what do you, but, and then there's the guy who like mile four, he's competing with an individual at that point. What do you, what, what, come on, man, just do your thing here in the, in the miles. You just, this is, this is just, you're getting through it. Miles. Now late in races, anything beyond a 5k, I will do that like a mile or two. I'm like, okay, I'm beating that guy. Sure. And I'll try to beat that guy. And then you pick out another guy and you go, he doesn't know it, but I'm going to beat him. And then I catch him. You know what I mean? Like there is definitely that last mile and a half where it's like, oh, I got my eye on you up there. That's yeah. you know, you know. There it's was all this good. One, there was this one guy, and I could tell he was a younger guy. He, he, you could tell he looked at me like I'm not letting this old man beat me, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I got it. But he was a little heavy set, and Oxford has hills. It does, and the hills are this year were kind of baked into the last part of the race. Okay, and. I wasn't really competing with him. I was trying to kind of find a a place where I could run in peace. Yeah, yeah. Right? There's a lot of – because you get around the slower people and then some people – anyway. 
and my sh- I got I finally found a good place, and then my shoe got untied, and I had to stop and oh, tie really? my shoe, and so I had to spend half a mile getting back into that place. And he kept trying to get past me, and he'd get past me, and then he'd slow down, and then he'd do it again. And we got to the 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 big hill on like the fifth mile, <laughs> and I just said, hey, "I'm about to see you later," and just never saw him again. Hope he finished. He was expe- Hope he finished. He was expending a ton of energy worrying about an old man yeah yeah you, you can do two motivations stacy said i had to beat a girl half my age on saturday made it happen yeah you, it's it's one of two things you can pick out somebody you can tell is more fit than you and go hey can i just make myself happy and beat that person or somebody much older and out of shape than you goes oh my god seriously like i'm losing to you today like yeah. you have all that in your head as you're coming through see um, I, i've never done that I always find a person who is looks to be pretty fit and is running a pace that I'm, I think, you know what? I can let that person set my pace. Oh, really? Cause see, that's, and I know people don't give a shit about this, but there's two things. There's one, there's all the people which disrupts your pace. Cause you're having to weave and do things. So I was talking about mints last week. A track is much easier when you're by yourself. Sure. And then two, you have to be careful to not let someone accelerate your pace because you're running with them. Go, no, hold on a minute. Let me really focus on my time I should be having right here. Because I'll, I'll start out and have that problem for a minute as I'll see somebody and go, okay, quit running with them. Stop. Quit. Just settle. Yeah. And get back into your, your lane here. And Well, if, if, you, if you run enough, if you train enough, you sort of know what your general pace is. Yeah. And so if you look down at the end of the first mile and you're 40 seconds ahead of your pace, no, 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 no. it's like, hey, slow down. Yeah, chill, chill a minute. Because you'll have some adrenaline. I know it yeah. sounds dumb, but you do. No, you do. And because I looked down at the end of two miles, and I was way ahead of my pace, and I was like, "You better chill. You're gonna you're gonna pay for this if you don't." But I just kind of felt good and kept going. So 10k is the race where you find the most of that. You don't even get as much of that in a 10 miler. Everybody's just kind of there. And, All right, let's well, because if you get up to a 10 or a, uh, up to a half, and you find that the quote sprinters, yeah, they, they ain't making it. Yeah, they're not gonna make it. They're the ones that five miles in are getting the ride back to yeah. the starting line. They either aren't making it or they're elite, one or the other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that is my favorite. Like the guys that get up at the very front, I'm like, y'all, have a good race. Yeah. I'll see you. In, see y'all later. See you in 30 minutes. It's all good. <laughs> well, in the marathons, you never even see those people because they're, they're. Oh, they're so far ahead. They're, they're the ahead. ones that were invited to get there. And you're like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> look, never see them again. Yeah. That's the funniest. The funniest part, you know, halfway through a marathon, and the sign that says "Better hurry up." The Kenyans are drinking. Yeah, they're beer. done. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're finished. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when you think to yourself, "Holy shit!" Yeah, the little over two hours, the two hundred four marathons, two hundred six, two twelves. Literally, yeah, you are just past the halfway mark if you're running a four hour marathon, and you think to yourself. There are cats that are done. Well, they run. They set up those treadmills at a lot of expos for the big marathons that you can get on, and it's the world record marathon pace. And most people can't even get to their pace and keep it for a second to run. It's a sprint. And you go, they did that for 26.2. They got on there, and what is for you a sprint, sprinted for two hours. It is the damnedest thing. Congrats, Jay. I'm impressed if he is. The last hill on the Oxford 10K is brutal if you're not prepared and didn't save a little in the tank. He got second place in the 40 to 49 last year. Um, or two years ago, I guess. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. I think I ran my best 10K ever. There? Saturday. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like 53 minutes. Oh, wow. Which for me was good. I yeah. mean, that's, that's a little ahead of my pace. Really? 
It's less than a nine minute mile. I typically yeah, run. I couldn't do that. I typically run a little over a nine minute mile. Yeah. So. It was fun. The weather was perfect mm-hmm. for running. It was great. It was yeah, like, it was a good morning. In the mid mid to upper fifties, a little cool, but not mm-hmm. cold. Right. It was nice. They did a really good job. I was I was impressed. They were very organized. The police and everything were out there. It was it was really well done. Yeah. So. All right. More tomorrow. Here. Also, uh, yeah, congratulations yeah. to Matt Mott. Oh yeah, Matt, sorry. Matt's a friend. Uh, well, we'll hit this more tomorrow too yeah. after you get done with this. Sorry, I had that written down. I forgot. Uh, Matt's a friend, uh, a neighbor. Um, I've known Matt for a long time. He's been on this show numerous times. He's kind of come on and been our World Cup guy a few times and stuff like that. Matt, um, the former now former Ole Miss soccer coach, accepted the head coaching job at the University of Oklahoma. Correct. Uh, yesterday. Um. I'm 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 happy for my friend. Yeah, uh, sure. we'll, we'll talk about how it impacts Ole Miss and all that stuff tomorrow or, or moving forward. But uh, he got a great opportunity, um, chance to kind of, in a, in a weird way, build his own program because that program has kind of cratered a little bit. And uh, as they get ready to go into the SEC, he's a guy that obviously has a ton of SEC experience as an assistant at Auburn and then as the head coach at Ole Miss for a long time. And he also did a whole lot for uh, soccer in this community, in this state. In this state, yeah. And um, he left the program better than he inherited it. And that's, at the end of the day, about all you can really ask for. Yeah, he had a good 13-year run. Had a really good run. Yeah. A couple sweet 16s. Yeah. Did a... I mean, I'm not saying he's responsible for it, but recruiting, recruiting uh, in-state kids... Over the course of the last few years, which wasn't an option for him when he first got here, soccer has really grown it's gotten better, in this yeah. state. Um, not even just on the girls' level, but on the boys' level, you really see it. It's a it's a shame, really, that we can't sit back and redo some of the Title IX legislation and make it more modern. Because I think a lot of schools, if they could, would start a men's soccer program. If there weren't uh, yeah. scholarship restrictions and all that, I think they would start it because I think it would be a a sport that everyone knows it's a growing sport. You see it. If you watched, I watched Atlanta United in Nashville, I guess it was Saturday, and um, it was a big crowd mm-hmm. for that game that's becoming a rivalry, and MLS has gotten so much better. The The sport is growing. and Anyway, he did a great job here, and, and – he made that job far more attractive. It will be a, a much easier search for Ole Miss today than it would have been 13 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, a little more on that tomorrow. Answer some of these questions tomorrow. I've already kind of written down to not forget about it, and then we'll uh, hit whatever else. Got a uh, busy night, a couple games in the NBA, and whatever else pops between now and then. So take care, rebelgrove.com, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.